It's not a cliffhanger. The guy's taking a nap at the edge of a cliff. Sure, he might have a bad <laughs> dream, roll over and fall off. But it's very unlikely. <laughs> Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. <laughs> that was a lot of paradise last night. I uh, can say with a high level of confidence that I was not entertained. <laughs> not fully entertained. Not as entertained as we would have hoped to have been yeah. by episode 10. But nonetheless, we have much to cover. Yes, we have work to do. <laughs> work to do. Do you feel ready? I am. Let's do it. All right. So episode 10 picks up with everyone wondering what happened to cause the Aaron versus Ivan drama mm -hmm. because it's suddenly quite heated and no mm. one knows why. Yes. And Noah, meanwhile, gives an update that Ivan and Chelsea just made out. Meanwhile, Aaron and Ivan are still going at it. And Ivan says, you attack every single dude here. I mean, he's not wrong. Well, uh, he's, I mean, it's an exaggeration, but he's not totally wrong. But he, when he does things, he attacks. That's he, what he does. I know you're right. That's his mode. Yeah. He's not like, hey, I'd like to have a conversation. No. He's yeah. always attacking, whether it be behind back, in front of back. Which, honestly, after watching this whole episode through, really works against him. Because yeah. he's not in the wrong always. He's mm. not. No. He's often right, except yeah. his execution makes him seem like a child. It's all about execution. Yeah, it really is. The whole yeah. show is smoke and mirrors. You <laughs> just got to really play by the rules you can't always say exactly what you think the way you yeah, want to you say can't it. always be like dude come down here i'm gonna i'm gonna like kick your ass yeah you could be 100 percent right and that's still not okay i agree i mean and the whole thing about like threatening violence on this show is so absurd yeah. it's such an empty threat because like go ahead yeah you know, be my guest <laughs> yeah. there's 10 million people watching uh, i'm so torn on aaron after this episode but we'll keep going no real altercation takes place it just sort of seems like something might happen and then it gets i would just like to say i would like to caveat all of this conversation with the fact that what happens later changes 100. every interpretation of what's happening now so we will go in order yes chronologically but i just I want to make it it's clear that i have a very good feeling of what was going on here but we're not going to talk about it yet just want to make it clear. Uh, I mean, it's I'm such a stickler for accuracy and chronology that mm -hmm. maybe I'm working against myself here. But I feel like should I we wanna... wait to talk about this when it <laughs> yes. comes time? I'll try to skim over things. Okay. But yeah, okay. I agree. It's hard to talk about okay. this. Sort of Just in case ones. people are like, why didn't you talk about the thing? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to well, talk about the thing. Yes, be patient. We're going to talk about <laughs> be patient, thing. Shandies. We will get yes. there. <laughs> Um, in due time. Nothing really happens here. Aaron storms off and Ivan is pretty unapologetic. Mm -hmm. And now Aaron and James discuss what a snake Ivan is. And Paradise is all at Twitter over what Ivan did or didn't say and where Chelsea is. Can I just say that the police department is running out of cases to cover now? They're very <laughs> few. They can see their job security is waning. Yes. So I think they're really jumping on anything they can get. And anyone who has come anew to the Dear Shandy recap. So I just have to mention the police department is a long running joke about Aaron being the police chief and James being the district attorney and Trey, who's gone now, being yeah. the beat cop and Carl being the trainee. The trainee. But someone last week was like, James isn't a district attorney. And I was like, oh God, do I have to define this each time? So no, we know that James is not a district attorney, but we will refer to him as one throughout this recap. Correct. So Ivan tells the guys his side of the story. This is where things get interesting. He tells them that Chelsea asked to talk to him. 
And so now that we've seen the whole episode through, we know that this is also a subtle twisting of words. Mm-hmm. It is a very human thing to do this, but it always, when you're, it's on national television, it's, it catches up with you. Well, yes, we will find out later that there were many <laughs> pressures on Ivan to manipulate the truth. Yes. So meanwhile, Aaron continues to talk about what a snake Ivan is, and Natasha says she thinks Ivan might be desperate. So James and Aaron reapproach. Yes. As a team. Yes. And James, our our trusty district attorney, he comes in as the mediator. Yes. And he says things got superheated there. Mm -hmm. And Ivan keeps saying here that Chelsea wanted to talk to him. And we get a flashback. I love those flashbacks where it's like like sepia tone ish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He says that he wouldn't steal a rose and that we get footage of him asking Chelsea to talk. Isn't the whole show about stealing roses pretty much? Yeah. I mean, it's not not about that. I can't really promise I'm not going to steal Rose. Like, I promise I won't win Survivor. Between <laughs> you and me, I don't want to win. So Riley gets kind of heated here. He's on Ivan's team. He's good friends with Ivan. He trusts Ivan. Mm-hmm. And he gets really confrontational on Ivan's behalf. Mm. Another another fateful there's decision. There's a lot of foreshadowing <laughs> that we cannot discuss yet. Andy, here you said there's a lot of type A testosterone going on. Yeah, lot, lot. Put a bunch of type A guys on a beach with a bunch of women they're vying for. Here's the thing. How much do we even think this has to do with the women? No. I would say almost nothing. I just never think it's necessary. It just seems childish mm-hmm. and sort of like, you know, like kind of animalistic to yes. just try to like dominate men on the beach. It's just like you can have a conversation about everything. Yes. And if you're accused of something, it's always better to calmly refute the accusations. I have to admit, having been with you for many years, you really do practice what you preach in this department. I have never seen you even remotely threaten violence or... or No, it's true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Like, you don't let the heat of the moment or just being defensive or retaliatory get to you in the moment. I, I always find quiet is more effective than loud. Yes. Loud usually reciprocates loud. Yeah. You know, you ask for more. Yeah. You're just asking for a fight, and a fight doesn't really resolve things. They resolve things the next day. Yeah, It doesn't maybe. resolve things in the moment. <laughs> Good advice. Thank you. So afterwards, uh, Aaron leaves the scene with his tail between his legs. He's mm-hmm. pretty upset. He says that everyone rallied around Ivan, and it was a hurtful situation. And James says, that surprised me how that escalated so quickly. And Aaron's like, did you see them all coming at me? Okay. I don't want to spend too much time on this. But again, to touch on what you're saying, like, let's say Aaron, it doesn't matter whether Aaron's right or wrong. I do think you're right. The execution, if you come at people so aggressively, you can't be surprised when they come at you in return. I mean, it's it's such a coming full circle karma, call it whatever you want, but it's like you you reap what you sow. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to whine to the district attorney about getting bullied on or like yelled at? Like, this is all you do. (laughs) What about Thomas? Yeah. Thomas, who's like an absolute... I didn't, I'm not going to say I told you so. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say I told you so. Who's an angel. Yeah. What did he do? What did Thomas do to deserve what Aaron did? And what did Thomas do in, in retaliation to Aaron? Zero. By, Negative. By the way, they seem to be friends now. Yeah. That Someone captured footage of them doing a little fist bump. There you go. <laughs> okay, so Aaron now considers going home and James says, you can't leave. You and Chelsea have a good thing. You would regret leaving and not seeing this through. What's funny is last week, Aaron was convincing James not to leave. They have each other. Yes. Actually, in the credits, Tia's 100% right. She says that 
they wouldn't survive there without the other because then they would oh, actually have to talk to women. That's all so true. <laughs> I got to say, Tia cracks me up. Yeah. She drops some real truth bumps yeah. here and there. Oh, she's good. Okay, so Chelsea finally surfaces. And Natasha quickly gives her the rundown and says, when you pulled Ivan, and Chelsea interrupts and says, I didn't pull Ivan. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. <laughs> so now Chelsea talks to Aaron, and she clarifies that Ivan pulled her. Her, I gotta say, Aaron is sitting talking to Chelsea this whole time, never once looks at her the entire conversation. And it's all about how people ganged up on him and laughed at him. And this reminds me of the Tammy thing when she cheated on cheated on him with Thomas. His focus wasn't like, I really cared about you. I can't believe you did that to me. It was it's always all about like, Aaron. Yeah, it's like everyone's laughing at me. I am a laughing stock. It's Everyone always pities about him. Me. It's fascinating. Yeah. And And look, I'm not... We know he was right in the Ivan situation overall-ish. I mean, not in his execution, but... Yeah. Oh, he was was pretty much right about everything this time. Yeah. And we'll give him that. But again, it's the... It's the execution. I, I really don't get the sense from this conversation with Chelsea that he's like, you know, it really hurt me to watch you kiss someone else. I thought we were further along in our relationship than that. I really care about you yeah. this way. Like it made me realize that I would like to date you or something like that. It was just like they're all laughing at but me. Could, can I can I just make a point about Aaron that I've I've noticed that I find I don't find it odd. I think it's something he needs to work on. Okay. And he could be a better person. Okay. And of course, we're basing this off what we see on TV. Off what I see on television, yes. Which is 100% ironclad. (laughs) There's nothing manipulated. It's the truth. Yes. Okay. With that caveat aside, when Aaron is intensely interacting with a man, he's looking him right in the eye. It's so true. And he's telling him, you did this and I think this about you and you don't have any morals. And like, he is like focused eyeball to eyeball. Yes. When he talks to a woman about his feelings, he's literally looking every single direction except her. Mm-hmm. He often is talking about how he feels about her in relation to him. Yes. As opposed to actual her. There's this incredible disconnect between the way he connects, usually unfortunately with anger, with men, mm-hmm. and the way he connects with women, which is completely disconnected. Yeah. Like, he's not actually with them. No. He's with Aaron, and they're kind of along for the ride. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting it. I'm not suggesting something here that, you know, Aaron likes men and doesn't like women. That's That's not not at all what I'm saying. Well, you know what gets me... Sorry to interrupt. No, I just think that he needs to work on, or at least think about, why is it that I'm so good at connecting with men? Yeah. But I'm not at all good with connecting with women. And again, this is TV. So maybe in real life... He is a absolute Casanova with women. He's yeah. like right there with them, asking them about themselves and really looking them mm-hmm. in the eye. I don't know. TV is TV. I feel like there's two things to consider there. The first is that I do think it is generational. Last week when I said, is this what dating is today? Yeah. Like looking everywhere but in the girl's 26. He carries, he seems that's, older, that but was he's 26. My, that's my other point. When we watched Katie's season, we marveled at how much older than 26 Aaron seemed he Mm -hmm. just doesn't he his looks and his attitude but I feel like in paradise we're starting to see the ways in which he is 26 years old and a lot of it comes out when he talks to women you cannot hide from that you can make this sort of smoke and mirrors about how mature you seem or even look or or how righteous you are you know or how righteous I actually think righteousness though usually reflects youth too much self-righteousness, yeah. In my opinion. I feel like as you get older, you mellow out. Well, particularly when that self-righteousness is outspoken. Yes. It's one thing if you keep it inside. <laughs> yeah. that, that's when you're an adult, you keep it inside. You're yeah. like, I know I'm right, but I'm not going to say anything. But I do think 
that 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 Aaron and and all the people on the island, as you've on the beach or in any show, in any island, <laughs> land, continent, wherever the show is taking place yeah. in this franchise, you can separate the men from the boys by seeing the way they connect with women. As we see with Ed later in this episode. 37. Yes, 37. It's really, it's almost an unfair advantage that the older guys have because yep. these young guys, I can, I watch it happen. I mean, Aaron is a particular example where I feel like there's this, this weird disconnect between him and men and women, but you can see it right away. You're like, oh, this guy doesn't, he is not experienced enough to be able to communicate with a woman or it's a generational thing mm -hmm. where this is the way 26-year-olds communicate with women now. I really hope it's not I generational it's not. and that it's just... It's just one case based on how, what we see on TV and that it doesn't I, in no way reflects how men are in dating today. Yeah, again, I hope TV is wrong. TV is never wrong, though. <laughs> okay, so Aaron's focus in this conversation with Chelsea is definitely on the fact that people ganged up on him, laughed at him. He brings up being laughed at twice in this conversation. And he's, he said that he was treated like he was some sort of idiot. He keeps mm -hmm. kind of going on with that narrative. And then all of a sudden, it's suggested that Ivan can see them. I don't know whether or not he can. But he suddenly looks at Chelsea, kisses her. Again, like literally the eye contact happens just before yeah. a kiss. And then he pulls away and goes, I need a drink. Like he doesn't, there's I, no I, connection. I don't get it. It's not there. She's, Chelsea is not there. Aaron might as well be speaking to himself. <sighs> Chelsea now talks to Ivan. And things get really juicy here. She addresses right off the bat that everyone is saying that he said that she pulled him. It's amazing how something so small and seemingly inconsequential can become such a talking point and such mm -hmm. a crucial piece of this puzzle. Because it's true. It does make a difference whether or not she asked him. Absolutely. And Big difference. Ivan quickly starts flailing. Oh, yeah. First, he says, what's that? I'm sorry. I've lost hearing in this here. You're going to have to speak in that one. Oh, now I can't hear you there either. Me, let me buy a few more seconds to think yeah. of an answer. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, nice weather. Yes. Um, anything else? He denies having said that. He says that she had an interest in him that he didn't know was there. Mm. Chelsea here in her ITM says that she thinks Ivan is an opportunist. Mm. Well, I don't think she's wrong. Uh, look. Well, I, as we see later, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Okay. We have to go in, <laughs> You're like in order. Biting your we have to so go in hard. order. We're gonna get, we're gonna air it all out. Let's just get let's get the narrative down. So Ivan says Aaron was nervous about the rose and lashing out, and Chelsea, I gotta give her credit in the moment to his face, rightfully says, "I could say the same thing about you." I thought she was gonna chicken out on this one. But oh, she yeah, didn't. She didn't. I thought she was like, oh, he's being nice to me. I'll just like, whatever. Yeah. I'll pass on this. No, she really holds him to it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Natasha is saying that she trusts Aaron mm -hmm. and that he's been loyal to his relationships this whole time. Meanwhile, Ivan hasn't. Mm. And she thinks that Ivan is playing a strategic game. So I, while, of course, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves with the Ivan stuff, I actually don't think Ivan has been unloyal in his relationships. If we mm -hmm. are to pick that apart... I think it's true. Aaron has been pretty squeaky clean, as we said last Absolutely, week. Absolutely, yeah. But Ivan was with Jasenia at first, and mm -hmm. then she left him. And yep. then he got a friendship rose from Deandra. Mm -hmm. And then he seemed interested in Kendall, and then Kendall left. What relationship has Ivan betrayed? Nothing. Until this, you know, obviously. All I'm saying is that up until that point, he's, I don't know if that's super been, fair. He's been fine. And yeah. Aaron also has been Yeah, they've both clean. been good. They've both been good. Yeah, which makes this an extra interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although I have to admit, we were like half an hour into this episode and I was bored. I was shocked at how bored I was by this. Yeah. It was milked too much. There's a lot of milkings. 
Andy, you felt Ivan should have said, it's Bachelor in Paradise, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. All is fair in Love and War and all is even more fair in Love and <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. Okay, so now we have a rose ceremony, finally. Mm-hmm. And we have a voiceover of Aaron talking about how Ivan is a sketchy guy who doesn't have any morals yeah, and that his integrity is, quote, lacking considerably. I mean, this is like the third person I think Aaron's accused of having no morals. Yeah. He's really, that's a very heavy accusation. He's <laughs> basically calling him a complete psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. He loves. Tom is a psychopath. Yeah. Ivan's a psychopath. Who mm-hmm. else was a psychopath? Someone else. He, I mean, he went into Tammy pretty hard. Yeah. He's uh, no morals. That's a lot of, that's a heavy accusation. It's true. But he does love his character assessments. He does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the chief of police. It's his job. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, Wells arrives and says, I see a lot of upset and stressed out faces. But he says he needs to address something and asks to speak with Ivan. And we all thought that Ivan went into Chelsea's room. Yeah, I really thought I was fooled by that preview. And, and I actually, when I saw Chelsea denied it, I was like, wow, Chelsea's such a liar. <laughs> yeah so joe says ivan doesn't strike me as a guy who breaks the rules and i have to admit i would agree which is what makes what comes next pretty shocking maybe he doesn't have any morals (laughs) (laughs) maybe aaron's right Uh, okay so wells asks ivan if he has anything to tell him Hmm. how the hell did producers know this until I find out what happened, I am so confused. So I want it because people might be interested in hearing us talk about this. When you're in a hotel room, you don't have a key to your own hotel room. Right. So he was in a room with Noah. Neither of them have the key to their own room, meaning right. good luck leaving. Right. Like when I was on the show, not only did we not have a key to our own hotel suite, but we had to schedule time to go to the gym with a producer present, like slots. We weren't allowed to go to the hotel gym. You were never left unattended. You are in the Truman Show. Yes. You cannot just go somewhere where no one knows what's happening. Yes. You're always on watch. It doesn't matter if it's four in the morning. I mean, I, I'm saying well, this was you, what you've told me. I know I haven't been there. I'm acting well, like I've been there, but you told always, me that. I think, I, I think you could leave the hotel suite in the middle of the night, but you would have to find a way to get back in so you could leave the lock thing but are there door. no cameras in the anywhere? I know. There's no hidden cameras. Not that I know are of. Are there the any hotel. like just security cameras? Well, so there's that. I think that's a factor. But also, I think the fact that he would need to, in some way, prop his own door open to be right. able to re-enter that's his the room. Funny part. Yeah. If there's some night shift producer who's just doing the rounds, they would see that his door is open and then know that something was up. But you can also do that prop where you kind of like sort of close it, but you don't have a click and it just sits there. I've done that before. In a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes to not. I feel good like results, you need a but... credit card or something, something to sort of. Well, either way, that that part I can live with. Mm-hmm. It's. It's the part of getting to her room, getting to her balcony, and somehow being able to execute all that without any any onlookers. I also would go so far as to say I I wonder if a phone just so happened to be left in his room. It's very hard if, for if me. Assuming he's telling the truth. I, I hate to be like this, but it's very hard for me to believe that anything happens on or off set Mm -hmm. that isn't producer instigated or orchestrated. So I think that it's very possible and probably more than 50% possible that they set this up or they at least teased him into trying to do this, Mm. which is good. It's good TV. I mean, at least better than... Well, and they 100% knew that he wanted to meet Alexa. 
They knew that he wanted me to lecture. They, they were holding her hostage in the hotel room. Yeah. 100%. He was literally just biding his time, twiddling his thumbs, waiting for her to come. I mean, if you want to really take it to a high conspiracy level, that storm didn't seem all that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that was an evacuation level storm. But that's like like JFK level conspiracy. But I think what happened, if I was a detective, just purely circumstantial, I would say that he propped open his door. He went to her room. He went to the balcony. They chatted. They probably chatted a little too loud. And there was someone else on another balcony that was from the show that was just hanging out, maybe having a smoke or a vape. And they <laughs> saw them or heard them. And they were like, uh... And they tattled on them. And that was it. And that person. Won't You're right. It. I mean, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes one person to see them. It doesn't have to be a producer. No, I think it was a cast member. I actually think someone else was on a balcony and they were like, oh, my God, that's Ivan. Talking to a girl we haven't met yet. Yeah. What's going on there? And they probably just went to the producer and was like, we saw Ivan talking with Alexa on a balcony or this girl that we don't even know who she is. I, I think that's what happened. Okay. We'll, but, we'll come back to that. But that's also not giving enough credit to the producers who I would expect to have like all sorts of spies and like hidden cameras everywhere to make sure none of that stuff would happen. Or if it did, they would document it. But if it did, if it was documented, we should have seen it. So we know it wasn't filmed. Yeah. Because there's no way they would resist showing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here the music gets super, super dark. And Ivan tells Wells that he felt lost and like he had no connections. And he admits, mm. quote, last night I spent time with Alexa at the hotel. And he said that he was hoping she'd be brought down there at some point, And that's what he's been hoping for since the beginning. And they had never met. And he was just genuinely excited to meet her and get to talk to her. And he said he thought he was going home anyway, so he just did it. And Wells asks how he did it. And then, of course, he t Ivan tells him about the producer's phone in his room. He claims the first thing on the screen was a list of names and hotel rooms. Questionable, but, you know. I feel like that's what people say when they go through their partner's cell phone and they're like, this the, the text from yeah, the other person yeah. just <laughs> popped up. It was on the main screen. It was screen. like a hologram. <laughs> it just came into my face. <laughs> Wells now asks Ivan if he understands the gravity of this. I mean, this is a serious offense. Ivan says he was wrong. He shouldn't have gone around the system. His mind was in a weird place and he made a giant mistake. Uh, I'm torn on this because this is such a hate the game, not the player situation because this is so not Brendan level offense. He didn't no. drag along Honestly, someone else. Honestly, you know what this is? I had to be fair just on a human level. Yeah. You're on a, you're on a, a beach in the tropics with a bunch of hot girls everyone else is getting it on mm -hmm. you haven't had sex it's oh, the whole experience is so hypersexualized yeah and he's sitting there in a hotel he knows there's a girl yeah. who he likes who likes him in that hotel yeah i don't it's how horny must he have been i actually think ivan's big crime in all this has, has nothing to do with alexa it's the fact that he, at the last minute he was like I'll try to get Chelsea's rose to last long enough. Oh, yeah. It's a web. It's all related to that. Yeah. yeah. I really wish that Ivan had just let... I mean, obviously, we would never know about any of this, but it would be so much... It would, I would actually love him all the more for for this crime he committed mm -hmm. had he not then gone for Chelsea clearly as a... As, a, as to use Natasha's oh. word, a strategy. I mean, I'm torn on this because, again, it's the game. Don't hate yes, the player. Yes, and at the same time, do I really think Aaron cares so much about Chelsea either? Not really. I mean, think about this. Like, okay, and I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not condoning all the things that Ivan did, mm-hmm. but I'm also not condoning Bachelor in Paradise. It forces no. you to do terrible it's just things. What I'm saying, hate the game, not the players. It's, they knew he liked Alexa, and they that they, they hoped were torturing. To, him. Yeah, they were in classic the powers that be form. They were holding her hostage in the How hotel room, forcing can, him to do whatever it took to last long enough for her to arrive. Ivan's had his heart broken, ostensibly. Let's just assume it was broken by Jesenia. He had another disappointment. Mm-hmm. He knows there's a girl he likes and yeah, has some connection so with in the hotel. And the only way that he can meet her is to get a rose. Mm-hmm. And the only person he can get a rose from is Chelsea. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> yes he did that but what else was he gonna do he was gonna go home otherwise yeah and not meet this girl he spent this whole time on this beach getting dumped dealing with drama getting yelled at by aaron yeah and he's just gonna go home when he knows there's a girl like 200 meters away that he really likes that he can't see because he doesn't have a rose I, it's he, it's such a messed up format like it is so counterintuitive to finding love Yes. The, really, what they're saying is, you can find love here, and we'll lo- we'll really celebrate your love story. But to get there, you have to go through fire. Yeah, and you cannot try to game the system at all. Meaning, you have to meet the person there unexpectedly. Yeah. Marissa and Riley, the only ones who I'm sort of on the fence about are Kenny and Mari, uh. Serena and Joe. You really get the sense that they didn't plan on meeting each other, and the show loves that. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, well, well, we're getting, let's, we're starting to talk about a bigger picture. But I, I feel for Ivan here, even though I understand I have a longstanding bias, and I totally recognize that. I guess there's two things that bother me about what Ivan did. First is that he was trying to buy time at Chelsea's expense, mm-hmm. which, of course, everyone does, but nonetheless. And the other thing was how he twisted the story. Okay, but again, all these things are wrong out of context but in context that was he was trying to survive and his casualty was chelsea but he minimized the damage there he put in the least amount of effort into that relationship as possible so as not to hurt her as much as he could have yeah and people can argue that he didn't that maybe he told her things like he loves her no he didn't he minimized the damage he did the least he said she was dope without looking at her he said (laughs) that thank you Thank you. He did the least amount he could to get her rose without causing too much collateral damage. The reason he flipped down on Aaron was was Aaron blew his cover mm-hmm. and almost turned. Well, well, that's the other thing Ivan did is that he lied and said that Chelsea approached him, which I understand human reaction, human defense. But but it doesn't make Chelsea look worse. It wasn't like he threw yeah. Chelsea under the bus. He just took himself out from under You're the right. bus. People are going to make Ivan a villain here. Mm-hmm. And honestly. Ivan doesn't even rank for me in the top like five villains on this season. Oh, wow. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Hate the game. The game that literally forced him to do this. Forced him. They literally were like, he's starving. He's a man. He's starving. He hasn't eaten in five days. And you're hanging like a beautifully cooked steak right in front of his face. What is he going to do? It's not fair. (laughs) He never, he never had a chance. No. He was set up. Ivan did a bad thing. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of Bachelor in Paradise in my eyes, does not amount to becoming a villain. And also notice how when things start to go awry, he didn't pull, pull a Brendan and was like, oh yeah, well, what chances did Chelsea have anyway? Yes. You know? Absolutely. And he wasn't betraying anyone he was dating to go for Chelsea. The, his motivation for everything was to pursue... Love. Love. <laughs> 
And isn't that what this show is about? So Ivan did a bad thing to the show by breaking the rules, but he did a good thing for what the show wants you technically to do, which is find love. (laughs) He lies about how he approached Chelsea because Aaron now is, is, is a monkey wrench in his plan. Yeah. And that's why he gets so angry at Aaron. But she's like, I almost got away with it. If it weren't for you meddling kids, (laughs) it was like Scooby-Doo. That's an old (laughs) reference. But anyway, the point is Aaron starts yelling him. Why does he get so angry? He gets so angry. He's like, you ass. I had this plan. I had to do so many things. I had to do, like like things I wasn't proud of. And now you're going to blow my cover, you asshole. I get it. I feel his anger. Things I wasn't proud of. You get the sense Ivan is not proud of this. He's not. And and you when you get called out on something you know you're really ashamed of, yeah. you get really angry. Because you're yeah. angry mostly at yourself. Yeah. And you're angry that someone has pointed it out. Yeah. Okay, let's keep moving along. So Wells tells him that he should address the group himself. Mm-hmm. And as they head up the stairs, everyone looking on agrees. I don't know what he could have done. We were all locked in our hotel rooms. Love this fourth wall breakage. Mm-hmm. Just confirmation that they were indeed locked in yes. those rooms. Okay, Sequestered. Ivan, yes, sequestered. Ivan addresses the group. He apologized for going around the system and claims he would not have accepted Chelsea's rose had she offered it to him. Mm. Do we believe this? No, we don't. See, things like this. I feel like Ivan is likable on his own. He doesn't need to make, like, do these little, like, twistings to these twistings. That's my word now. But he doesn't need to twist the truth or make these claims. I I don't think. Like, I think he's trying to make himself look better, but it doesn't really, it kind of works against him. When you set up a web of lies, you're in that web. Yeah. You just can't get out. There's no exit. It's almost like just commit to the web that you've you've created yeah it's it's i i he is equally wrong and equally right he's right in the game he's wrong in life (laughs) but you can't take him out of the game so i don't know if ivan's a bad person i have i don't know if he's a good person all i know is he played the game right and he got he got busted by aaron and then production and chelsea well he got busted because it unraveled i yeah you i feel like he should have just sort of kept his mouth shut from the beginning because Aaron's big complaint was that Ivan said, I'm not here to steal anyone's rose. Right. Of course, had Ivan not said that, do we think Aaron would have just sat pretty and been like, you can do whatever you want? Of course not. Right. It but that was the main said. thing he was clinging on to. Right. Uh, okay. So He was doing it for love. You could say that Ivan <laughs> was doing it for love more than anyone else. I mean... Well, love equal is, to someone else. Yeah, love is strong. He, according to him, had not ever met Alexa. Or at least the temptation of possible love or an immense horniness. <laughs> Either way, he was doing it according to the rules of the game, which is you need to get a rose to continue on. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like someone, Be- Bachelor in Paradise will never admit to this, yeah. but it's obvious. Even if you don't like someone, you have to get a rose. Yeah. And even when someone wants to leave, they're like, oh, you shouldn't leave just because there's no one here for you and there's no one else. Well, did Marissa not do that with Connor B? Exactly. It worked for her. Yes, (laughs) it did. It did. And the irony is Riley, I think, was brought in for Tajwan because Tajwan really wanted to meet Riley. And Mm -hmm. Tajwan is a producer favorite. And he went for Marissa. And that worked out nice. That's allowed. Okay, so Chelsea in her ITM says, Ivan did me a favor and showed me his true colors. And Wells tells him he appreciates his candor and tells him to say his goodbyes. It's like he's being executed. And I got to say, the fact that so many people had heartfelt goodbyes for him here says something. I think Ivan is 
pretty well liked. I honestly think Ivan's a good guy. He got wrapped up in a ridiculous game mm -hmm. and behaved badly, which is what he had to do <laughs> to win the game. Period. Uh, yeah, I mean, Morris is, is the best example of that, honestly. Yes. Do we really think Marissa felt something with Connor B? No. <laughs> okay, Riley gives him a scolding here as he says goodbye to him. Yeah. I felt for Riley here. Yeah. It's that's the worst when you really like go to bat for someone and then you that person ends up being wrong. You're like, ah. I know the pro the problem with Riley is he has too much morals. Yeah, too He's much. He's too moral. <laughs> <laughs> He's the opposite of of. Yeah. Uh, I guess Ivan, according yeah. to Aaron. Riley definitely seems very disappointed. And mm. Ivan's like, I know, I know. I feel bad enough. Like, I feel like shit. Stop. I know. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Riley is he giveth and he taketh. Like, he really is a moral compass. Like, yes. But he goes a little too far mm -hmm. sometimes. Like, yeah. he's no need to get so heated sometimes. Yeah. But he's just expressing how he feels. He really has a strong compass for right and wrong. I got to say, that's I like how he... When he realized Ivan was in the wrong on this, he wasn't like, oh, well, he's my friend, no. so I'm giving him a pass. Which is what Ivan did to Brendan. Yes. Basically. So it came around. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. Riley, to his face, was like, dude, oh, you oh, got to be better than this. Like, he holds him accountable in the moment. I appreciate yeah, that. He really, like, that was a serious, I mean, what he was saying a lot there. Yes. It wasn't just about you. It yes. was like really, whew. Yeah. He dropped it on him. He did. And here we get our first word watch, our first blindsided. Mm. Riley in his ITM, there's a voiceover of this where he says, I just wish I wasn't blindsided. And it just... <sighs> we should have had an extra, like a grand prize for a man saying it about a man. <laughs> no one would have guessed that. That's true, actually. So now we have a rose ceremony. Obviously, Serena gives her rose to Joe, Abigail's to Noah, Marissa to Riley, Mari to Kenny, Becca to Thomas, Chelsea to Aaron. She says, for whatever reason, I keep finding myself gravitating towards you. I'm going to give that a light cha-ching. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. I just find the what, for whatever reason, it reminded me of Kenny and Mari last week. It's like, for, for some reason, I just, I'm drawn to you. That's mm. not a compliment. Tell me why. <laughs> it's odd. And then Natasha gives hers to Ed. I don't know why they made this seem like it was really dramatic and uncertain because i felt like this was a given can i just say something if your name is edward i think you go edward something <laughs> about ed just sounds silly it sounds funny which is fine if you want to be funny does ed sound like a serious person i guess not now that you mention it. name one single famous ed ever except ed, are you the challenging the shandies there was a talking horse on a 50s tv show called mr ed oh that's it other than him, and then he was obviously, that was humorous. It wasn't a dramatic <laughs> TV show. But um, there's never been a famous Ed. Wait, a famous Ed or a famous serious A Ed? famous Ed. Who has been named Ed? Like, think of in the history of human race. Who is a oh, famous Ed? Oh, my God, Ed? Edward Norton. It's always Edward. You're right. Wait, Ed. Oh, I don't believe this. No, there's nothing. There's no Ed. Okay, challenge the Shandies. They'll come I up with I challenge something. you. Come up with a famous Ed. And it's, now I'm not talking about someone whose name is Edward, clearly. I'm talking about someone who goes by Ed. That's, their, that's how they like to be called. <laughs> famous in any way. Evil. Well, I guess Evil. there's probably a serial killer named Ed. Oh, there's Ed Gaines. There's a serial <laughs> killer named Ed. That doesn't count. It has to be someone who's taken seriously in a good way. Like it has to be a, you know what I mean. I don't need to explain myself. A, 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 a serious, successful, well-admired, famous person with the first who's name Who's not a Ed. comedian. Who's not a comedian. Who's not someone you laugh at. 
who is someone who's to be taken seriously for their craft or their accomplishments or their general goodness. Okay. Tia gives her rose to James. Mm -hmm. This was exciting. It felt more like a spite rose than a romantic rose, I think. Oh, it was a spite rose. Yeah. No question. She basically tells him she's not into him. And she yeah. says, this wasn't an easy decision, but your effort is appreciated. Oh, there's nothing more romantic than telling someone they put in good effort. But I got to say, James, it's impressive. James is a survivor. <laughs> he really is. There has never been a man who's made it so far with so little <laughs> in this franchise. So I mean, the, not to just James. James, I think, actually is a fan. No, he we've really like come a, a very stand-up guy. In these past two episodes, we've come to love James. He's, he's become one of my favorites. James has become a fan favorite for us, but he has given so little to the objective of yes. finding a mate yes. through this franchise, yet he has gone so far. Yeah. It's very impressive. Yeah, except later in this episode, but yes, up uh, until this point, okay. indeed. So going home, we have Blake, Damar, and Dr. Joe. And James now toasts. He says, here's to being patient and trusting the process. Hmm. I mean, I, I, we hmm. understand why he made that toast. And of course, uh, just it's worth mentioning that producers encourage several people to make toasts in this moment, hmm. whether or not you really want to. So it's not like I think James went out of his way to make this dig hmm. at Ivan. But I really don't think it works that way for most people. Being patient and trusting the process no. doesn't work out a lot of the time. Being patient and trusting the process is the opposite of what you should do. You should be very impatient and not trust anything. <laughs> well, here's what's funny is here's to being patient. In that case, Ivan needed to stick around and not go and see Alexa. But, but in order to stick around, he would need to get Chelsea's rose. It's impossible. It's impossible not to be something of a scumbag. Yeah. The goal of paradise is to be the biggest scumbag and hypocrite while looking like the least scumbag and hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. If you can do that ratio, if you can yeah. get that ratio real wide, you come you out win. on top. That's the formula. Yep. So the next day, there is a lot of making out. And Thomas says about Joe and Serena, I haven't seen Joe eat a single meal because he just has Serena to fill him up. Gross. <laughs> Someone says that's disgusting and everyone laughs. laughs. I feel like Thomas has a pretty sick sense of humor. Definitely. In a way that I kind of enjoy, honestly. Yeah. Okay, Wells introduces himself now as their celebrity host. And I, I wrote the audition comes full circle. Oh, yeah. I think Wells just got the job. Yeah. Wells tells them they need to start having the hard conversations about what their relationships will look like beyond paradise. Mm -hmm. And he says, go on dates, make out with people, don't fight with people. And he says mm -hmm. to Aaron... I thought that was cute. Okay, and now there's a voiceover of Joe's about these quote-unquote hard conversations, and we get shots of the couples all looking distant and serious. Mm. I just think it's funny when they do this. I yeah. mean, clearly they just took any shot oh. of them not looking blissfully Literally, happy. Literally, someone was thinking about whether they left the oven on before they left their house, and <laughs> yes. like now it's, they look yep. so, so pensive. Mari talks to Kenny here. She says he's been acting different and asks what's up. And he admits he got a weird feeling the last two nights and that she's backed off. We get our second word watch here. Mm -hmm. Mari says in her ITM, I'm kind of blindsided by this and I don't understand where it's coming from. Mari admits that in the past she has pulled back when she feels strongly and does so in the interest of protecting her heart. And this conversation seems to end without much conclusion. Mm. I gotta say, this seems like a lot of work, this relationship. Yeah. Also, there was a strange uh, associating passion with certainty. Like, they, I felt like the focus on the relationship was this lack of passion. Like, where did the passion go for two nights? It's like, yeah. 
Passions, if you're relying on passion as your barometer well, for the health of your relationship, that's a, not a good thing. That's my concern. I know I've, I've laid my bet on Kenny yes. and Mari, yeah. but I do have the concern, which is a concern I have of a lot of relationships, is a general concern, yeah. is that if a relationship is formed on passion and nothing much more than passion, mm-hmm. it's doomed. Yeah, always. Completely. Yeah. And I don't know. It may be the case with them. I, I, I like to think it isn't, but maybe yeah (laughs) okay so anna arrives now she says that she was in a bad place on matt's season i don't you didn't see matt's season but she she wasn't a great look for anna on that season i'm assuming it was very bad it was pretty bad and wells tells her though that paradise is all about second chances and it's a redemption story for a lot of people which is true. Let's see. We got Brendan. <laughs> we got uh, Piper. Uh, Ivan. We got Ivan. <laughs> we got Chris. All redemption. He tells her she smells amazing, and she says it's because she's wearing pheromones. <laughs> always a good, always a good look when his first job as host is like you smell amazing. <laughs> Anna pulls Kenny first, asks him if he would say yes, and he says he would not. And yeah. she talks to Thomas. And Thomas, I thought this was cute because they were both villains on their yeah, seasons. Yeah. He said, your bad decisions do not dictate who you are here. Mm. It's almost like he's like, he's like, I have been here a long time. <laughs> the elder statesman <laughs> yes. of bad decisions. Yes. Yes. I can speak to you, fellow villainess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I too know the ways of being a villain. Yes. Anna asks Thomas if he would say yes. And he says, no. He would not. And now Anna talks to James. Uh, He reveals he's never been on a date, securing his spot on the stage. Oh, yeah. She invites James and he says yes. And now we have Abigail. Abigail says that other people see them as a secure relationship, but she doesn't think it's as secure as people think. I got to say, that might be among people on the beach. But I don't feel like we've seen this relationship as a secure one at all. I've never. I've thought this is the most fragile. Like, I've never believed this. Yeah. I don't know why people believe in them so much. What is that? <laughs> I think just because there hasn't been a lot of drama and they're just sort I of I guess so. They're, just, they're, they're just coasting. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe there's something we're not seeing, but I don't get it. She talks to Wells and asks if he has any intel from Noah about this mm-hmm. relationship. And he says he thinks it would mean a lot to Noah to hear her say how she feels. It's a lot of poor communication (laughs) happening. So now Anna uh, takes James on her date, and it's suggested here that they'll get couples massages. But instead, they're told that they will become human churros. And they roll around in cinnamon and sugar and pour chocolate on each other. I wrote, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have huge snakes. I looked these up. They're albino Burmese pythons. Ooh, wow. And the snakes massage them. Mm. I wrote these dates are getting weirder and weirder. How could you even pretend that this is a date? They just called someone in Mexico. They're like, think of the weirdest date you can think of. They're like, okay, something Mexican, churros. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and they're like, do we have some fear factor? Yeah. Okay, let's bring in those pythons. Do they, have, do they have Burmese pythons in Mexico? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now they sit in the hot tub. I got to say, Anna won me over with this. She says, I want to know more about your life. What? (laughs) A question? How dare she ask a question about someone else? Yeah, that's not, how do you feel about me? (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about you. What are your feelings about me? So we get a little more information about James's background here. He was born in London, as we said last week. He's lived in Tokyo for five years. 
that's cool. Very cool. And he says he moved to San Diego recently. I wrote, where's Manhattan? Oh, come on, James. <laughs> where's Manhattan? <laughs> we found you out. <laughs> okay. Although Tokyo is extreme. I, I, Tokyo I'd Trump's say Tokyo is cooler than Manhattan. Way cooler. Yeah, definitely. I would, I would have rather been born I, in I Tokyo. I also think London is cooler. Well, now we, we, we got something to talk about. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> okay, so back at the resort, McKenna arrives, fellow Canadian McKenna. I thought it was funny that she actually was one of the four girls at that party. Remember that, that party? I don't remember, but I yeah, it's interesting that they brought them in and then they left. Well, basically, it was suggested that those four girls, if there was someone someone had an interest in that, they would be brought in. Yeah. And the only one that that seemed to happen for was Alana. But then they brought Chelsea in, and now they're bringing McKenna in. Right. So they were kind of like backups. Like yeah. Almost like backup jurors. Yeah, just waiting alternates. for the right time. Yeah. Uh, she talks to Thomas, but he makes it pretty clear he's with Becca. Mm-hmm. And then she talks to Riley. Same thing with Marissa. And she talks to Ed. Seems to be going okay, but it's pretty glossed over. I mean, it really sucks coming in this late. It's bad. It's bad. It's like this every season. It just yeah. looks horrible. It it's looks- like, it's you know, it's like there's a really terrible war going on somewhere. It's okay. like heated battle, uh-huh. like just frontline, like just nonstop mortar attacks and gunfire. And you just got out of basic training and it's been, this war has been going on for like a year. And you're just like, okay, there's your trench. Just point your gun and start going. It's impossible. Not a good analogy. <laughs> I seemed better when I started than when it ended. But you get my point. Like, I do get your you're point. You're being dropped into a battle yeah. that you don't know anything about and that you just are barely trained for. Yes, but also that you don't have any allies in. No allies, right. That's the key part. Oh, right. That's the part I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was an aborted analogy. <laughs> yeah, you they gave up partway. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that she has no ally and that doubly so not only does she have not have an ally but it also it feels like rejection every time yeah it's just hard that sucks can i ask a quick question just what happened with ivan and uh alexa afterwards during that party the dance alexa wasn't at that party why not huh it sounds like they really wanted to fuck ivan yeah it's true. You're making a good point. Why wasn't Alexa one of the many women? Chris wanted to meet Alana. They gave him yeah. Alana. Why didn't they give Ivan Alexa? Were they planning this the whole time? Were they just like waiting for a storm, any storm, just like a well, little shower of rain? Well, you want to know why Ivan wasn't attached to anyone at that time. There was no one for him to betray. Oh, so there was no drama to stir up. There was no one for him to betray by meeting Alexa. How sick is that? That's <laughs> so sick. <laughs> the show is so sick. <laughs> It's you know honestly you can't do wrong in this show. I take it all back. Everyone I pointed fingers at, it's not their fault. <laughs> McKenna now talks to Aaron. <laughs> Some poor, more poor eye contact ensues here. Incredible. And she invites Aaron on the date ultimately, and mm-hmm. his response is, "Yeah, let's chat real quick, yeah." So he sits down with her down on the beach and says he cannot go. And she is visibly upset by this. And after he leaves, she cries. I feel really, really bad for her. Yeah. I do kind of, you wish that Aaron had made it clear when they had talked yeah, that he, he would that? not have said yes. But maybe if she didn't ask that question, I can see why it would feel presumptuous to be like, by the way, if you oh, asked me on the date, I would say no. That's true. I feel like everyone was kind of like, oh, mean Aaron in this situation. But everyone was around him. Was he supposed to be like, 
no, no I'm not right. going on the date. Right, with he you. was in a bad position. He was in a he bad was, position. He was, he was between. I feel like he office. tried to do this he, politely. He, he actually, honestly, I, I give him some some respect for the way he handled this. As McKenna cried on the beach, Andy, you said that is a really unfortunate TV experience. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, it seemed bad. She just showed up, looking yeah. all fresh faced and excited, it, and. It, and it, she was like, oh, I just am so excited about this opportunity. She's so sweet. It, it had to have been a record for the time from entrance to crying. <laughs> yeah. Like that was really, really fast. Yeah. Aaron says he doesn't think McKenna's that upset. <laughs> Once dun, again, dun, showing dun. How, how good he is at reading women. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, Tia reports she's crying. <laughs> and to their credit, though, everyone does seem to feel really bad for yeah. her. They're not like, fuck her. Yeah, yeah. But they do seem to feel bad for her. So now Ed goes and talks to McKenna. Mm -hmm. He says, I just got here too. I know I'd love to go out with you. He's really nice about this. He says, you can't fly out tonight anyways. What are you, you know, what are you going to do? Just let's go on this date. And he says he can really relate to her position. This really made me like Ed. Mm -hmm. And it did show his age. Yes. Edward showed up. (laughs) (laughs) But I got to say, like, while I do think Aaron was in a tricky position, Ed you know, like he didn't want her to cry. And even though he did, has no loyalty to her, he doesn't have any relationship with her. He was like, I want to try and make this person's, this stranger's experience better. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron, after turning her down on the beach, went back up and hung out with his friends and was like, she didn't seem that upset. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have a good read on women. He doesn't. No, but he doesn't make the effort, which no. is why he doesn't have a good read. Yes. More effort from Aaron. That's what I want to see. What I liked about Ed here is that you can tell this comes from such a place of compassion. Mm -hmm. He had compassion for her position. It was really sweet. I mean, he was killing two birds with one stone, let's be honest. He also wanted to go on a date and be on the show more. But also, I agree with you. He did have compassion. Well, I mean, he has the rose that week. Oh. It's not like he's desperate for a rose. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I mean, he has Natasha, which which is where it gets a little complicated. Like, did he do the wrong thing? Oh, right. But also, he yeah. wasn't around for Natasha to have all the drama and to go through all the ups and downs, so he might not know the history. Right, right, there. right. Got it. Anyway, as McKenna wipes a tear away, he says, don't cry. Look at the sunset in paradise. There's nothing to be sad about. He's so right. He's, That's the right thing to yes. say. He said the right thing. And you know why? Because he's 37. <laughs> he's a man, a real man. So everyone is watching and they watch them hug and they watch them walk off hand in hand. And I got to say, as much as I loved this move of Ed's, it does make you feel for Natasha. Mm -hmm. And now McKenna takes Ed on this date. They encounter some rollerblading equipment Mm -hmm. and they follow arrows on the rollerblades. And then that leads them to a dinner scene with uh, disco balls. Mm -hmm. McKenna says in her voiceover, this date, I'm not going to lie, is pretty random. (laughs) (laughs) And the only reason she said that is because she wasn't massaged by pythons. Exactly. (laughs) They have a nice enough conversation here. They seem to get along well. Mm -hmm. She thanks Ed for inviting himself on her date. (laughs) I thought that was cute. And she says in her eye team that she doesn't want the night to end. And they make out in the rollerblades, on their rollerblades. Yeah. And back on the beach now, Natasha says she had planned on spending this time with Ed, and she feels played. And in general, she is sad. Natasha always gets the short end of the stick. She does, but I actually don't think Ed did that much wrong. No, it wasn't. In this case, there wasn't really malevolence, but 
It's just Natasha just really comes up short every time. She doesn't deserve it, but I don't know. Now we have Serena and Joe. They're talking about what things will look like beyond paradise. And they agree that they will go back and forth for a while and figure it out. And they'll make it work because they want to make it work. I think there's truth in that. Yeah. That's, That's why you usually make things work. Yep. Because you want them to work. It's so true. Uh, now a priestess arrives. Okay. Uh, a bru- bruya. I thought she was a witch. Is it bruja? Bruja. Bruja is definitely not what she is. A bruja. She says she's looking for Mari and Kenny and she's there to clean their energy. And as they clean each other's energies, <laughs> Thomas is very into this. Thomas is into this. He is. He calls it the most special thing anyone has done in paradise. I mean, maybe it's right. really sweet, actually. Thomas, you could tell Thomas is like, I want my energy clean. There was so much sincerity there. <laughs> it it yeah, was. He was really into it. So Mari translates what the Bruya asks, and she asks if they're open to seeing both the shadows and the light of each other. And Kenny said, meaning the good and the bad. And Annie, you, <laughs> you laughed so hard. <laughs> we love Kenny. Kenny's great. Kenny's very amusing. They throw their candles in the fire and pray for their love. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I like this Bruya. She seems like she gives zero shits about being on TV. Oh, yeah. Big she didn't time. seem like an actress. Yeah. Okay, so now we have Noah. Noah says he's ready to be open and vulnerable with Abigail. Mm-hmm. And he reveals he's never used the L word. Ever in his life. And then on the daybed, they're, they're laying there together. And he says he's falling in love with her. And her expression doesn't seem to shift at all. This is a very... I feel like their relationship is really edited beyond recognition because it confuses me constantly. There are scenes like where... So it appears to me that she just never says anything to him. Almost ever in these conversations. Or at least in this segment. And then you'll see like a cut where, you know, they show the camera angle that's looking at him. Yeah. And you'll kind of see her maybe talking yeah but it's like but you never see that when he's talking to her you never see when the camera's on her face she's just kind of this expressionless blank kind of like half smile like nothing but she is talking but they're not using that yeah it does seem like weird editing it's it's strange because he said i think i'm falling in love with you and then they zoomed in on her face so you couldn't see him you couldn't tell if that was actually in context she might have just been waiting for this she might have been waiting for a towel she needed a towel (laughs) i don't know that was the first thing i thought of um very sweaty so the next day mari does a roundup now of the happy couples and says everyone's looking forward to a chill happy low-key week hopefully yeah that's all it'll be no so Noah and Becca talk now and he tells Becca that he told Abigail he was falling in love with her and got nothing mm-hmm. so the fact that no I mean obviously that had to have happened somewhat because that's how he feels sure, about it yeah definitely and now we see Serena and Ab- Abigail together discovering the paradise prom room mm-hmm. it's it's established that the, it'll be an 80s themed prom and the two ladies celebrate that we had to mention, though, that this was before the 80s were before either of them were born. And how weird is it now so that weird. the 80s are celebrated the way, I guess, you... Like cel- the 60s for yeah, me, or you, even the 50s. I guess yeah. growing up, it was for uh, me, it was like the 70s. It's like, ooh, the 70s. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. The 80s was a time they don't even know what happened. They're just making believe they're doing it. Yeah, they're like, like oh, side it's like, ponytails oh, and poofy sleeves. Yeah. That's an 80s thing, right? Like, How funny is it's, that? It's, it's funny and a little sad. It makes you feel old. Yeah. Watching people born in the 90s like celebrate and dress up for the 80s, it's like... It's rough. Imagine when, hopefully, we live long enough to know this, when they're having like 
2020s parties and uh, people weren't alive then. The problem is, what does 2020s? I have no bring idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I've I've for for many years, and maybe this is because I'm getting old, but I don't think there's any real flavor to the 2000s or the 2020s except social media's general well, evolution but that's so boring no i agree i f i agree with that and we've long felt this that with the internet yeah i feel like fashion kind of came to an end like we start now Everything. we see the 70s coming back and style bell bottoms are back vests are back and it's just going to keep what, on recycling oh what, we just went through a tie-dye phase but i've always maintained that the digitalization of humanity takes out the soul it just rips out the soul yeah the creativity creativity like back in the day, imagine like in the 60s, you had like a war, this horrible war. You had no internet. You just had books yeah. and music and people like experiencing emotions and connecting. Like, what do you have now? It's like, oh, I feel bad about something. I'm going to look at my phone and start doing a TikTok. <laughs> I'm sure it's very sad. It is sad. It and, hurts me. And for me, just when I'm thinking of this particular party, you know, they put on these outfits from that time. It's like you can look at a dress and be like, that's from the 80s yes how what's the 2000s exactly show me a 2000s what is it what's a 2010s what's a teens what is it show it to me yeah like let's gonna say have, you're you know, celebrating 2010 at a party i have no idea what that looks like it's probably something recycled yes and and maybe from like a time before the internet <laughs> yeah in like 40 years maybe they'll go to 2020s parties with like COVID or something yeah like because that'll hopefully be gone by then i yeah. hope Oh, it's very, it's, uh, sorry. I'm yeah. just very upset. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I like how, like, finally there's this unbelievably innocent, lighthearted event. <laughs> <where> like, ah, <laughs> it's horrible. It really says something about us. But yeah, I felt really distraught. Like, this sent me down a downward spiral, yeah. this 80s theme, because I was like, that, was that it. music is so much better. The singing was so much better. The outfits, you can laugh at them, but they also had such a flavor. I know. People didn't care. They, they were vulnerable. They were happy. <laughs> they were real. And the 90s still had a good uh, amount. I wasn't as big a fan of the 90s as the 80s, but the 90s still had it. But then what happened? What do you <laughs> coincide it with? Obviously, September 11th wasn't great, but you, it coincides with the advent of social media and the internet and Napster. That's it. Napster. It's all there. I'm going to throw Napster in there, too. <laughs> Something was said here. Abigail says the only time she went to prom, she got stuck in an elevator the entire time. I want to know more about that story. Yeah. Why was that just dropped without any background? It was really cute. I felt so bad for her. It was in her ITM. She was like, yeah, we were stuck in an elevator the whole time. I'm like, wait, can we stop yeah. and hear this story? Why please? are the interesting things not being addressed? <laughs> yes. And now everyone goes through a wardrobe and they select outfits. And the men proceed to ask their girlfriends mm -hmm. to prom. Joe writes an enormous prom in the sand. You know what I love? I love Riley's. Was Riley clearly was not having any of this. And he, he just completely went to production. He's like, they're like, here, you can have a choice of this setup or this setup. He's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know, he didn't have anything to do. He's just like, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah I'll take the one with the the balloons spelling out. Yeah, prom. it was like literally like when you go to like you're getting someone like a like a a um, a uh, edible arrangement and yeah. you're just like picking between three pictures. You're like, I don't, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? They're not going to like it anyway. I'll just pick this one. You say that, but I like edible arrangements. You're the only person who likes edible arrangements. Most people who receive edible... If I received an edible arrangement, I would consider it a personal affront. 
Have you ever eaten them? They're very tasty. No, I do not want to get an arrangement of fruit that's been cut and handled by God knows how many people to make <laughs> that shape in the mail. Are you kidding me? Why do you like that? If you guys tune in. I, I really enjoy it. It tastes good. Really? And they're on little sticks. And sometimes they're dipped in chocolate. Like, who doesn't want pineapple dipped in chocolate? Nobody. Nobody wants to get in the mail pineapple dipped in chocolate. <laughs> Nobody. We'll see if the Shandies side with me or you on this one. Edible arrangements <laughs> exists because people are lazy. No, I disagree. Edible arrangements exist because you don't want to get another bouquet of flowers. Okay, because people, it's, it's a negative. It's two negatives. One, people are lazy. Two, they don't want flowers. They're sick of flowers. So here's something else you don't care about, but it's not flowers. And it's easy. We can agree to disagree on the edible arrangements front. Yes, we will. <laughs> and now while Anna expresses excitement over going to prom with James, Tia, now we get some footage of Tia. Mm. She says going to prom just makes her feel single. That's fine. AF. AF. Yeah. And she right. reveals that Natasha is sick, so she will be going yeah. alone. The, the one other person who's in her boat is will not be she there. She had some bad pineapple dipped in chocolate. <laughs> I hardly think that pineapple is a food that makes people sick. Let me say something. If enough pans touch that pineapple, it'll make you sick. Enough hands? Edible arrangements. The actual, literally, it says they're arranged. How do you arrange that much fruit? You're literally grabbing every little yeah, piece of fruit. Yeah, they have gloves on. I don't, I, I just, the whole operation makes me uneasy. <laughs> so Anna in her ITM says, tonight's going to get tubular. And she laughs. Mm. And then she says, what does tubular mean? Sadly, I not only know what tubular means, but I heard it a million times in context without irony. Shall you define it? Totally tubular was a term that sort of grew up in the Valley of California, but it was a surfing term for when you surf a wave and you get, the, the modern term is barreled, but when you surf the wave and you go in the actual tube, the wave curls over you. And then you're like, oh, it's totally tubular, man. And that's what, that's what that's where it came from. And then it became a thing where like if something was cool, you'd be like, ah, oh, tubular, man. I mean, I sound like an idiot, so, but I get it. But that's what people actually said. They Andy said is obsessed with big waves and surfing. And actually, yeah. this is a good, we can lay this here. We're planting the seed for our next love fest. It will be a big surprise. Yes. But big. You will not see this one coming, although you might big. now that I've planted the seed. But okay. a seed is now being planted. Yes. Okay. And now Chelsea and Anna, they practice their dancing. And someone, I forget who, says, leave room for Jesus. And Chelsea no, says, how big is he? Damn. This is one of the funniest jokes I've heard yeah. in this whole season. That's you can a great, tell, great joke. You can tell that editors liked it too because they made a point of including yeah. it. It was very, very well executed yeah. humor. It made me... I already liked Chelsea, but it made me really like yeah, Chelsea. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Go Chelsea. Okay. So the men arrive now. And I said, funny how even 80s themed, James is still best dressed. Mm -hmm. He had that black and white. James has style. He really Man does. Man has style. He does. He even, he literally went into a room of a hodgepodge of 80s stuff. Yeah. Most of which was crappy. Let's be honest. Honestly, like a lot of that stuff wasn't even that great. Yeah. It was 80s. very costumey. Yeah. It was too costumey. But he picked something that I would literally, I would go to a club just like that now <laughs> with no shame. He looked great. And the ladies arrived. They look fabulous too. But Andy, you were not convinced by their 80s hair. No, the 80s hair threw the whole thing for me. It's if you're going to go to an 80s party, I mean, you have the 80s dress, but you have the 2021 hair. It didn't work for me. 
<laughs> uh, Becca nailed it. I think Tia did too. There was some good puffy side ponytail. They, they tried. Yeah. But I agree. A lot of the women seem to think they could get away with just a puffy sleeve dress and no. that their hair could be cute with just a big bow in it. No. The, the fact <laughs> of the matter is most generate, most time, most decades are defined not so much by the dress, but by the hair. You're actually, that's such a good point. Yeah. That's such a good point. It's similar to like when you take the eyebrows off someone, you can't recognize their face. Yeah. Have you ever seen those pictures yes, of like famous crazy. actors without eyebrows? You're yeah. just like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. It's like you take the hair away from the outfit. You 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 kind of can't place it. You're like, is that 70s? Is that 80s? Is it 60s? Is mm-hmm. it a weird 2000s or 90s? But anyway, <laughs> not enough effort on the hair. Yep. Too much effort on the clothes. So they go to prom and an 80s cover band performs. Can, can, we have to talk about how good they were. Can we talk about were. this? Oh my God. I mean... Is this the best pop singer in Mexico? This guy's unbelievable. <laughs> he was amazing. He's the best singer I've ever seen on the franchise. Yes. Including famous singers. Well, we have to include the caveat that 80s music is notoriously difficult to sing. It's yes. so high. Yes. It's so easy to go flat, sharp. Yeah. It's so easy to sound like you're joking. Yeah. He was a good singer. Mm-hmm. We also just love 80s cover bands. We do, but I mean, you got to do it right. I mean, this guy is, no, I hope he's doing well in Mexico. I mean, obviously he is. They had all of Mexico to pick one guy for the show. They picked him. And he did not let us down. No. Okay, so everyone is dancing and they seem to be into it. Tia is sort of trying to have a good attitude, but she's not thrilled, especially when sort of ballad music comes on, yeah. meaning slow dance music. Mm. I remember that from dances in high school. Yeah. It's like you were there with your friends and then if you didn't have a date and the slow dance oh. came on, you'd be like, oh. Although sometimes a slow dance would come on, a slow song would come on and you'd be like, oh. And then that would be the first time you really oh, danced it was, with a guy. I remember my on. heart would start racing when yes. a slow song came on. Yes, I was like, oh, I, I got to do it now. I got to do it now. Yeah. Can I, you know, and the song they played, Foreigners, um, I Want to Know What Love Is, uh-huh. just as a, as a side note, was the first song I ever danced to with a girl. Wow. In my life. I was 11 years old. Wow. And... It was a prelude to my first ever kiss. What do you mean prelude? Did it kiss in the moment to the song? I was dancing, and then after that, there was a kiss. Wow. I kissed a girl at 11. And then I proceeded (laughs) to not ever get any action for another, like, three and a half years. But that's not the point. It was, I remember, I remember every minute from the moment that song started playing till... A, f- a little while after, I remember I could I could paint it. Oh. It was one of my most. It was a big deal. So I was like, finally, I did it. I'm dancing with a girl. This is amazing. It was literally like a hundred times more insane than having sex. Like later. That's true. Actually, I can imagine. Oh, and what a perfect song for that to happen to. Yeah, and she was hot. <laughs> Super hot at eleven. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. She was, I mean, it's not like, I'm. you know, I mean, it's a memory. You were also 11. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> okay, Aaron now pulls Tia aside. Things get very interesting here. Mm-hmm. He gives her a corsage and they make out. What is going on? <sighs> I, I... So I guess... Did Aaron have a thing for Tia while Tia and James sort of had a thing going on? And then when Anna came around to take James away, Aaron was like, sweet, I can go for Tia now. 
I kind of think that's what happened. God, because so, if Aaron betrayed it's James. It's all so incestuous. Yeah. It really is. I've always called this show dating musical chairs. It really is. It's like who just whoever gets to the to the chair first gets to stay. Absolutely. And it becomes a panic towards the end. Yes. The oh my god, musical chairs is super the musical chairs Are analogy. you kidding? I so I kind of love musical chairs cuz cuz it's sort of fun, oh, but it's, it's great. super stressful. Yeah, oh no, it's like it's like extreme recreation. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of like like for those little silly games it's yeah. like surfing a hundred foot wave or like red rover did you ever play red rover no i love how you put you inserted surfing a hundred foot wave I know. in there i keep dropping that as in if there. it's in the same it's a, i'm using any excuse chairs. to drop hundred foot waves anywhere i can <laughs> but red <laughs> nice rover patch. is also very intense yeah you know, red rover and you never played that and you run and it's like kind of it kind of hurts <laughs> Wow, this doesn't sound fun at all. I remember, is that a game? Yeah, and then you have to hold your hands really hard and the person can't like break through. And if they if they do break through, then they get to pull a person from their side. If they don't break through, then you join their side. Well, this doesn't sound fun. It's really, a lot of, when you look back on these games, a lot of them are panic inducing. I, yeah. And you know, they don't play musical chairs anymore. I don't think it's appropriate. I think it's too intense. <laughs> Parents wouldn't approve of it. I wonder. You guys let us know. Do your kids I, I, play I, musical chairs? I mean, I still have stressful memories of musical chairs <laughs> so to this day. So do I. Okay, so the Arantia thing I'm confused by. What I'm interested by is the dynamics of like, Chelsea said that she saw Aaron pull Tia and that they went off. And I guess there are assumptions made on that, based on that. But they also did seem to be kind of together after that, even though they didn't kiss in front of Chelsea. Chelsea says to her friends here, I would have appreciated a conversation. I, I got to say, you got you to gotta call it what it is. This is a poor man's Chris. This is, yep. and by that, I mean a rich man's Chris. Depends on how you want to look at it. But this is a less <laughs> bad version yes. of what Chris did. Yeah. It's almost exact parallel. Yeah, except he didn't drag her along through weeks and tell her that he again, didn't specifically have a thing for Tia and yeah again, it's a it's a much less yeah. bad but very similar version of what Chris did yeah. and, and Aaron as a chief of police I think you know it's a little hypocritical but again <laughs> I I don't I praise hypocrisy on this show that's the way to win what I really hate about this is how over the course of one episode we see two black women mm -hmm. so dismissed yeah. so passed over for someone else with nary a conversation that's where i really think ed really could have and maybe there was a conversation we just didn't see yeah. but he really owed natasha just a brief hey i'm gonna go on this date i think it would make mckenna feel better and here aaron owed chelsea especially after everything they had been through together yeah. he owed her a but especially aaron who's all about that Oh, about, yeah, he's all righteous. Yeah, and he, if, if Aaron was another person, Aaron would be telling Aaron that he has no morals. A conversation. That's all you need. It doesn't take a lot. Yeah, it's a little conversation. You know, I, I, I sort of give the benefit of the doubt. I think there's a lot of alcohol involved in this stuff and things happen. But yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's disappointing. I'm a little harder on this than you, I think. Yeah. It is Chris Light. It's Chris Light. Yeah. And again, as I said, if someone else had done this, Aaron would be the first guy to point the fingers. Yeah. Thank God Aaron didn't make out with Tia on the dance floor with Chelsea right there, which is what That Chris would have been the one thing it. that would have taken him right close to Chris level. Yeah. Okay. So now everyone votes on prom king and queen. Kenny wins biggest flirt. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, sure. The best kisser of toes is Marissa. Most I like how Riley didn't find that funny. He was just like... <laughs> Most likely to live happily ever after, Abigail and Noah. 
Mm, no, no foreshadowing there. <laughs> and prom king and queen, of course, are Joe and Serena, yeah, surprising nobody. And everyone watches while they dance. And the singer here does a duet with a saxophone, and they are amazing. I mean, this guy. I hope, I hope he's doing well. That's all I yeah, got to say. Yeah. I hope he's doing well. So now we see Noah, and the music starts to get tense. In his ITM, he says, you can love somebody and not be in love with them. Mm. I think there's truth to that, though. Uh, even though what happens here is confusing. Anyway, he tearfully says he does not want to hurt Abigail, but knows what he has to do. It's all very cryptic. Mm-hmm. And then he does talk to Abigail on the steps, and he says there's a conflict between what he feels and what he thinks he should do after this experience. He says they've had so much fun, and he's starting to form genuine feelings for her. And that, though, he's trying to force something he wants when deep down he knows, I don't know if you're my person. She is silent. So Noah keeps going on tearfully. He says that it's a feeling he's had from early on and kept willing it to go away. And was very apparent, I thought. Oh, yeah. Like, I never saw this. I did not see him feeling this. Well, what's interesting is their first rift, and then they solved it by being like, well, we're both bad communicators and we'll communicate better. I kind of feel like they they didn't didn't start to communicate better. No, they just agreed to communicate better in theory. Yes, and that, that rode them another couple weeks. Yeah. And here we get our third word watch. Because yes. Abigail says, like, I don't think I've been this blindsided before. Ding. <laughs> Abigail says that Noah had said he wouldn't say anything he didn't mean or make false promises. And that's exactly what he did. She says, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm confused. I'm annoyed. You've been pushing and pushing me to get to your level, but you've obviously had this gut feeling for longer than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. You say you've lost sleep over it, but you still chose to say that to me, meaning the I'm falling in love with you. And she says, so of course I'm going to be hurt and feel like I was lied to. She's not wrong. We just saw him say he's falling in love with her. Why would you do that if you were already on the fence? I, I have a lot of feelings. Well, about so then this. here's my next question. Is the reason he's ending it because she didn't reciprocate and he's freaked out? This is this is my feeling. Okay, let's get into it. Is feeling. that guys never end relationship because they're not getting enough reciprocation from the girl that they love. Ever? Doesn't happen. It's a, it, the most, I mean, you've you got to be so mature and so grounded emotionally to be able to do that. That's rare. Wow. Usually it ends up drawing the guy further in and the and then the girl has to break up because the lack of reciprocation of love does not make you love the person less it makes you love the person more and i hate oh, to, wow. to sort of bring it down to that level yeah. but we're all animals we know how things work <laughs> so the fact that he's breaking up with her ostensibly because she didn't reciprocate his love to me seems false. And I have additional ammo for that because from the get-go, I didn't believe in this. Mm-hmm. And I was actually getting to the point where I was shocked that this was actually happening. I was like, really? Is this really happening? Was I don't see You this. have always felt that way about the relationship. It kind of feels like it was a mutually beneficial thing from his side. Yeah. Do you think I'm wrong about that? I think it was, they kind of got a little blinded by the mutual beneficiality of it. But I agree it leaned more towards him. I think he sort of got drunk on his own believing in it Kool-Aid. Yeah. And she, I think, actually did feel good about it. Um, And in the end, he suddenly came to his senses and was like, I got to end this. Okay, so I am going to go in that direction again, which I went into last week with Tia and Blake and feeling like there are men that do that. There are men that 
love bomb and say they'll do anything for you, but then their actions don't align with their words. This bothers me. Like, yeah. and I don't mind Noah. I really don't. I actually think yeah. Noah's pretty funny. He's yeah, clearly yeah. very likable. He has lots of friends there. I have nothing against Noah specifically. It's just that I think that this is really harmful behavior to sort of have a woman crack her heart open and then, and say all these words, which clearly he, he says he's been having doubts since the beginning. Then don't say things that are only going to make her fall even harder and make it hurt even more when you end it. Right. Can you give us insight as to why a guy would do this? You can also say you can't. <laughs> you cannot have insight. Because well. actually, I know that in your dating days, you never would have done I this. I would have never done this. Yeah. If I can get in the, the mind of a guy who does this, I would think he's doing it because, honestly, because he's on TV yeah. and he wants to make himself look better. And his idea of making himself look better is to say, look, I really loved you and I tried, but you're not reciprocating, so I have to go like a mature adult. Yeah. But what's really happening is he never was really that into her. And now he realizes, he's like, wait a minute, we're coming to the end here. Like, I, I got to pull out of this yeah. and I got to do it gracefully. And that was his concept of graceful. Was it? Eh. I would agree with you, except the reason he gave is that he has been having doubts since the beginning. So that is a direct conflict with him saying he was falling in love with her the day before. Yes, but he has to. Yes, you're right. His words are not perfect. His actions are not perfect. But I'm saying he has to put in that element of doubt. Otherwise, it looks too manufactured. Yeah. He has to say he had doubt. So you, if he just says, you didn't love me enough, she's like, no, I love you yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. no, but I had doubts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On that front, if you're coming at it from that angle, do you then think that all of this regarding Noah is somewhat manufactured? To use I, your word? Look, again, I have no hard feelings against Noah. I think Noah's fine. Yeah. I just think We like that Noah fine and we like fine. Abigail fine. Yeah. We like both of them fine. All I know is that from the beginning, I did not feel that this was a real thing. I did not feel like Noah was in it. I felt like he kind of just kind of acquiesced to it and eventually got comfortable. He's like, okay, maybe this is a thing. And then when crunch time came, he's like, this can't be a thing. Like, I have to end this. And that was it. That's what I think happened. As I said, when a guy is not getting love reciprocated in a relationship and he sincerely feels that love, yes, he does not break up with a girl because of that. He gets closer. He's like, why don't you love me? Why don't you love me? Calls her 20 times a day. She has to get a restraining order. This is what happens. Doesn't break up with her. <laughs> Not uh, that funny, actually. No, it's this. I shouldn't laugh at that. No. I should, it's just that you just took it to a different. I took it direction. too far. I took it too far. I always take it too far. But and, it's true. But no, this that is, is a happens. very serious issue. I don't mean to laugh at that situation. No, but, but what I'm, tr- I'm trying to make a point is that guys don't break up with women for not reciprocating love. So ninety nine percent of the time. So she gets up and leaves. He follows her. Mm -hmm. She says she's going to the bathroom. And so then he waits near the bathroom entrance. (laughs) And that's where the episode wraps with Mm. that cliffhanger. Eh. I don't want to say it's not a cliffhanger. I know what you mean. I feel like this relationship the whole time I've always felt like even if they leave Paradise together, they're not getting married one day. No, it's not a cliffhanger. The guy's taking a nap at the edge of a cliff. Sure, he might have a bad (laughs) dream, roll over and fall off. It's very unlikely. (laughs) Okay, Andy, so now our Word Watch segment. There were a total of three blindsideds. And an unusually low number of guesses, 44. Accurate Correct guesses, guesses, 44. So it was only one out of 44. That's that's a pretty good chance. Yeah, we're getting closer, yeah. Yeah, in the past, they've been higher. Yeah, there was 128 correct guesses last week. Yeah. Now there's 44. Yeah. (laughs) So congratulations to Jessica Fry. You have won a... 
Hello, Tushy Bidet. Yay. So be sure to email us at dearshandy at gmail.com by Friday at midnight, and we will get that bidet out in the mail to you. I love that we're giving away bidets for this. It's so perfect. <laughs> it's like Oprah, except instead of cars, it's bidets. Yeah, like, you, you get, get a, a bidet. bidet. You get a bidet. <laughs> so, uh, Andy, do you have a word in mind for next week, the finale? I do. And? And that word is finger <laughs> why does that sound so dirty it is not supposed to be dirty oh so you mean ring on finger yes so you're predicting some engagements next week if it is dirty that also counts okay it finger. just needs to be the word finger okay so someone could be like i'm i gave him the finger yep okay, okay. Or, or did you finger her <laughs> That also counts. Okay, so finger is your word for next week. If you guess correctly, you will be entered in a draw, mm-hmm. and we will select one name randomly, and that person will win a Hello Tushy Bidet. Yay. But uh, just to reiterate the rules, because people love to email and DM us their guesses for some reason. So to enter... Although, the uh, the actually, to be honest, the entertainment we get yeah. when we get an email about your guests on Hello Tushy is... Probably outweighs the, we do, the annoyance. We do, but the all you're doing is entertaining us. Your, yeah, you're not your guess entered. is not being entered into yeah. the competition. So yes. just a reminder that you can enter by writing your guess, the numeral of your guess, of mm-hmm. how many times the word finger will be uttered in the finale next week. <laughs> so let's say it's six. You think it's going to be said six times. You use the number six. Not You don't write S-I-X. And you either comment below this YouTube video or on the Instagram post for this episode mm-hmm. at our Instagram. So that's at Dear Shandy. Yeah. Do not email us and do not DM us. And also you must submit your guests by this Friday at 11.59 p.m. So just before midnight on Friday. We love to get, people like to give guesses on Monday and Tuesday. Mm. It will not be entered. No. So you have to be on top of this. Tune in fast and guess fast. Okay. All Serious right. Serious business. It's serious business. Okay, now, Andy, the segment we always end with, who would we go for? I mean, I have no reason to leave Mari. (laughs) And I'll be honest, look, I I, kind of the same way I feel maybe is the dynamic with Kenny is there's a lot of passion, Mm -hmm. but I have a feeling that me and Mari aren't going to last more than six months to a year. Well, because the, maybe if the passion went away. The passion away. Might, might, might fall, fall away. Yeah. Okay, but you're sticking with Mari for now. I'm sticking with Mari. Okay, I'm fine with that. So I'm torn on this one. There were two main people I was debating between. The first is Ed, because I thought what he did with McKenna was really compassionate. Mm-hmm. And it came from a place of like, I want to help make this stranger's experience better. I'm in a position where I'm not really that attached to anyone right. and I can do that for her. Mm-hmm. I don't actually think he was like, oh, I love McKenna. I think he did it because he was a nice guy. But he lost me with one point because I do think that he owed Natasha a conversation. Yes. yes. Yeah. So yeah. So you you would have gone for Edward, but not Ed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... So who I'm going for based on this episode is actually Riley. Mm -hmm. And I say that because, yes, he got up in arms for his friend because he trusted his friend, Ivan. Mm -hmm. But he also was just as quick to be angry with his friend and hold his friend accountable for having him stick his neck out wrongly, really, on his behalf. And he just was really upset with Ivan for not behaving better. 
and being honest mm -hmm. along the way. It's a lot easier said than done to be the kind of friend who will hold your friends accountable. Absolutely. That is very hard to do. Yes. And he did it right there to his face. Not yeah. in his ITM. He did it in his ITM too. But to his face. He was like, dude, there's something to be said for that. I approve. I'm glad. I'm glad you approve of my choice. Okay, Andy. What? You have good taste. Ah, thank you. Obviously. Obviously. Or questionably. Do you feel ready then to wrap this recap episode, Andy? I do. All right. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you. And that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram, tell your friends, <laughs> leave us iTunes ratings and reviews, and generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast that you enjoy and consume. Because your support in these little ways really does help a podcast grow. And if we grow, we will feel motivated to continue doing it. <laughs> Yay. And on that note, I think that's a wrap for this recap episode. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye.